What is going on to all my fight fans out there, man? Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Boxing. I am your host, Jeff Man. I want to welcome you guys and thank you guys for joining me on another podcast episode for me. I used to do my shows on YouTube and now doing in a, a little podcast platform for everybody. Uh, I'm going to call these my weekend recaps. Uh, pretty much what I do on usually Monday, but got a little hectic yesterday. Wasn't able to get around to it. Figured, hey, I'll hit on it today, uh, the first chance that I get. Some mega fights over the weekend, guys. Hard for me to definitely miss out on talking about these two big main events that we had uh, and what they mean for the sport of boxing and what could come of these two mega fights that are going to lead up into what I think are going to be monster fights. Guys, monster fights, man. Big time monster fights coming our way, man. Uh, but once again, man, like I said, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, before we get started, I don't have any bourbon today. Gonna skip the bourbon. Uh, I know, I know, it's it's a tragedy. No bourbon on the bourbon and boxing show today. Makes it a little weird. But uh, anyways, it's a Tuesday, so I don't really like to drink much through the week. Uh, I like to save my bourbon for the weekend where I can enjoy it, sit back, sip on it, uh, watch some fights, all that good stuff. But so... That being said, let's skip that bourbon part that I normally would introduce my bourbon on the show to you guys, and let's jump into our sponsor, uh, Brown Family Construction. For any of your construction needs in the Northern Kentucky or Cincinnati area, hit up Brown Family Construction. You can contact Jason Brown on Facebook, on the uh, Brown Family Construction Facebook page. Contact Jason Brown, the owner, and he'll take care of any of your needs, and uh once again, the name says it all, Brown Family Construction, where they treat you like family. All right, guys, there's no cutting the corners. Let's jump into this now. Let's just delve headfirst into it. Let's go right into the Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron fight, guys. This fight, once again, much like the first fight, was an absolute rumble in the jungle, man. Uh, these two ladies got in there, and if you haven't watched female boxing... Uh, I'd say even the last five, ten years, right? You haven't watched the sport of female women's boxing. You would be blown away by the talent that these girls now possess. And when I say that, they fight like men. They look beautiful in that ring, throwing combinations. And it's not just one or two good female fighters. It's a lot of them, man. It's a and it's several divisions, great talent, and you're just seeing the athleticism start to come along and catch up with female boxing, uh, and that's what we got Saturday night was another amazing match between Katie Taylor and Cameron and Chantel Cameron, uh, which came down to a you know a decision that went into the favor of Katie Taylor. She is now the undisputed 140. Uh, super lightweight champion, and the 135 undisputed champion also. This fight started in the first round, and there was a little controversy in the first round. Katie did exactly what I thought Katie was, what I thought Katie should do. Stay active, move around, make Chantel chase you. She did this the entire fight, really. In the first round, uh, Chantel caught her with a nice jab and sent her backwards, and it looked like she kind of tripped over her feet a little bit, but she was headed back, and it was a solid punch landed, so it looked like a knockdown to me. Uh, 
like I said, I am not a professional, guys. So it looked like a knockdown to me. What I had seen, a clean, clear punch landed, sending the opponent back. She hit the canvas. The the judge or the ref immediately said, no, it's a slip, no knockdown. That was a big, big call in this fight. And I think that that right there, because this fight was so close. Katie, I would say, lost lost the first round with that knockdown. She won the second, third, fourth, fifth round. Sixth, seventh, and eighth, I would have I would have given to uh, Chantel maybe the maybe the ninth round also. Uh, the tenth round was a hell of a fight. Katie was doing a lot of holding in the later rounds of the uh, of the fight. She was obviously wore down, but it was also smart of her because you know she's running around most of the fight having Chantel chase her. She's doing that, but when she's getting trapped in that corner, she's getting hit with heavy shots. She was able to weather a lot of that without getting knocked down without taking it too much to where she couldn't recover from him. Uh, she did a great job doing a veteran move on holding when she knew she needed to hold. Uh, surprise, there wasn't anything said about it. But, hey, she's at home, so she's going to get a little bit of that home cooking, guys. That's a fact. Uh, when you're at home, you're going to get some home cooking. Uh, and that may have been at play, but we can't take away from a great fight by a couple flawed decisions that, you know, go along with boxing. Uh, so we can't overlook how great both of these women fight, fought. Katie came out on top, man. Hats off to her. Hell of a fight uh, by both women. I think this possibly sets up one of the biggest women's fight in history, a rematch between Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. There's no way you can't put these two... I mean, both of these women... are deserve a mega payday and they're going to get it and I think you set this fight up for a second match between these two ladies three uh, three minute rounds 12 rounds not 10 make history with big paydays two women main, main being a, a main event which is we've seen that a lot now since the last fight with Amanda Serrano and <clears throat> Katie Taylor where they were a main event in New York City, Madison Garden, it was sold out. Absolutely incredible crowd. I wonder what it'd be like over in Dublin uh, to run that back with a rematch, uh, and that would just be a monster fight for 2024. But hey, Katie got the win. Hats off to Katie. Congratulations. She is now the 135 lightweight undisputed champion and 140 super lightweight undisputed champion. I don't know how many times that's been done. In women's boxing, I want to say maybe Clarissa Shields has done that, uh, been undisputed in multiple divisions. Uh, she is a beast. But uh, the undercard, man, wasn't a bad undercard, guys. We got to see Patty Donovan. He defeated Danny Ball uh, with a uh, TKO in the fourth round. Uh, man, Patty Donovan is a really, really good skilled fighter. Uh, I like what I see from him. Just got to see him step it up in the competition as he goes. Uh, to really see where he's at, but he seems to have all the right tools. I like the kid. Uh, Gary Cooley defeated Reese Mould, which he got him with a split decision. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am not super impressed with Gary Cooley. I think uh, he's definitely not going to make any uh, noise in the 135 division. <clears throat> his structure, his build, and he doesn't really have power, so not really big on Gary Cooley. He fought a smaller, a lot smaller opponent. Wasn't able to get him out of there. Uh, just didn't really, I wasn't impressed with him, guys. But then you had Sky Nicholson defeat 
uh, Lucy Wildhart uh, with a ninth round, ninth round TKO. And I'll tell you what, Sky Nichols is a great fighter out of Australia, if I'm correct, and uh, just beautiful female fighter. She uh, she had, seems to have all the tools. There's a couple over there. I want to say Ebony Bridges is also over there in Can- uh, Australia. Uh, you had Cooney defeat Gaynor uh, with a first-round TKO. That's how you started tonight, Cooney knocking out, um, what's his name, uh, Gaynor in the first round, just a complete knockout. That was the first card that we had of the night, man, and then we'll move into our second fight of the night. And uh, i tell you what, man, the more yeah, I've got to sit here and really soak in what I watched Saturday night, here in Las Vegas in the States. David Benavidez versus Demetrius Andrade. And what I watched, just it, it registered to me when I saw it, but it didn't soak in. And then now a couple days, three days of just thinking about that fight and thinking how what David Benavidez did in that fight, guys. Uh, if you didn't watch it, David Benavidez got the sixth round stoppage, uh, Boo Boo Andre didn't come out of the corner and it was just absolutely beautiful controlled fighting by David Benavidez a he literally he controlled this entire fight he went in with a game plan and he executed it to perfection the first second and third round he could have gave to Boo Boo Andre and it wasn't because he was landing heavy punches or hurting David Benavidez he was just more active and Benavidez was playing defense. And it was beautiful, but he was playing defense good because he was allowing him to punch himself out, wear himself down, let him go for it all. And I said Boo Boo should do that. I kind of said he should do that, and now that I think about it, maybe he should have set back, been a little bit more patient uh, with a guy like David Benavidez. He was very calculated, Benavidez is, uh, and how he went about this fight, how he handled a vet like David uh, uh, Demetrius Andrade. The first, second, third round, like I said, went to Andrade. And it wasn't because of David hurting Benavidez, but he was just more active. Then the fourth round, it's like, with a flick of a switch, David Benavidez turned his offensive prowess on. And he just started throwing big punch after big punch landing solid good punches and Demetrius Andrade's playing doing good defense but he's going around his guard under his guard or you know cutting his guard just ah just beautiful boxing and then hitting with the right hook that you saw in Demetrius Andrade's eyes you saw it in his eyes guys they lit up he whoa he felt the power of the monster David Benavidez he felt that power guys man I'm telling you when you, when you saw that, I thought, man, this fight's going to end in the fourth round. Boo-Boo went down off that punch. They continued the round where he continued to take a beating. The fifth round came around. Benavidez didn't ease up. He went even harder, attacking Boo-Boo. Boo-Boo couldn't do much. He wasn't able to fight back. He was still hurt from that punch in the fourth round. That's how hard it was. Got into the sixth round, man, and it got even worse, guys. The monster stepped up the tempo more. He saw the blood in the water, and like a shark, he attacked and absolutely destroyed Demetrius in that sixth round to where he walked away, stumbling to his corner. When he got there, the ref came over. He said, look, man, I got to see something, or I'm going to stop this fight. The corner said, stop the fight. 
stop it. And you could see it in Boo Boo's eyes, man. He was just gone, man. He felt the power. He was done. He had taken too much of a beating. Uh, and that's where you got a good corner, man. When they see that, instead of sending you back out there and just getting knocked out cold where you get a concussion and everything like that, you know, that's, you know, a good corner to protect their fighter the way they did. But David Benavidez, man, he showcased talent, calculation, how he calculated the fight, and that he went in with a game plan and he executed it to perfection, guys. David Benavidez at the super middleweight division is absolutely the number one contender to Canelo Alvarez. If he fights anybody else, it's a disgrace to his legacy. Canelo Alvarez, I'm going to tell you now, stop ducking this man. We know you're good. We're not saying you can't beat David Benavidez because you're Canelo Alvarez. We're just saying, fight this man. He is on the up. He said it at the end of his post-interview. This is the David Benavidez era. And man, he might be right. And he's coming. And you can't keep ducking him unless you retire. And then your whole career, you're going to be asked, why didn't you fight David Benavidez? You're going to have to be, answer that question your whole life. And people are going to say, hey, you were afraid of him. You're Canelo Alvarez. I'm pretty sure you're not afraid of anybody. Fight David Benavidez, man. Lock this fight down. I'm hearing rumors about Canelo versus uh, 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 Jaime Mangia. I don't want to see that fight. Not as much as I want to see David Benavidez and Canelo. The two top ones. I mean, this is a sport where one and two should be fighting each other. Benavidez is now the mandatory. There's no question about it. He is now the mandatory. Do you allow Canelo to duck that mandatory and then not punish him for it? Or do you make him? take that mandatory instead of taking another John Ryder uh, opponent. And nothing against Ryder, tough dude, but Benavidez is a whole other level, and that's the fight we want to see as fight fans. We want the Benavidez and Canelo fight, guys. Without getting too in-depth into that, like I said, just a beautiful fight by Benavidez. Of course, we had a mega undercard on that. I say a mega, man, just a really great undercard. You had Jamel Charlo coming back after 29 months out of the ring absent. He is an undisputed, uh, what is he, the 154 undisputed champion at 154, or 160, 160. He's undisputed champion at 160. His brother's 154. He's undisputed champion at 160. He came back. He's been off for 29 months, wasn't able to make 160. They agreed to catch weight at 163. He came in at 166. You saw it in the ring. He looked like a big boy in there. Uh, he went up against Jose Benavidez, who talked more smack than he put out there. Uh, Jamel Charlo looked pretty good getting the rust off. Of course, he's got some rust. I'd say he needs to fight one or two more, you know, Jose Benavidez out there. Uh, a, maybe even just one more like that, and then go into a fight with a guy like Caleb Plant. Get rid of your titles. Vacate the titles at 160. You're not going back down there. I don't see him making that way to go back down to 160. I'd love to see him versus Caleb Plant. I think that's a fight. Caleb smacked him a few months back uh, at a fight. I can't remember what fight it was, but he, but Caleb smacked this man. And if another man smacked you, well, you, you got to handle that, brother. You got to handle that for sure. I know words were exchanged, and I, I kind of agree that Plant had the right to smack him. But when that happens, two men have to fight. There ain't no doubt about that. So, Demel Charlo, get another fight in. 
and then go in and go get Caleb Plant and see uh, that that'd be a hell of a fight, a great fight for you to start at 168 at. So, welcome back, uh, Charlo, back to the ring and good fight for you overall against Jose's, Jose Benavides. I would have gave you nine out of ten rounds easily. Uh, Lamont Roach defeated, just not defeated, and I don't know if we want to call it an upset. Isn't an upset that Lamont Roach beat Hector Garcia, Hector Luis Garcia? Is that an upset, guys? I don't know, man. Lamont Roach is pretty damn good. Uh, for me to call it an upset, it's not an upset to me. It was a great fight. Now, the 12th round knockdown was a back-of-the-punch, back rabbit punch, like, clear as day. Uh, and it looks like he kind of, you know, Roach kind of pushed him down. I take that knockdown out. I still give Roach the fight, uh, even if you go down to a draw. It could have been a draw at, the, at best, but I would have favored Roach. He just looked like the better fighter overall. He was more active. He was more aggressive. He looked like he wanted it more when it was all said and done. So I would have taken Lamont Roach. Good decision there as he defeats Hector Luis Garcia. Uh, and then I'll tell you what, man. One of the most impressive fighters I've seen in a while. He is in the 140 division. A loaded 140 division at this point. Subaru Menteus. He went up against a guy out of Pakistan. Very hard to pronounce his name. I'm going to attempt it here, guys. Let's see how this goes. Okay, let's see. Shohan or Gossip? Okay, probably didn't get that right. But look, man, Subaru Manteus, these this was, look, two guys with heavy punches. Uh, the, you know, uh, Shohan was a, he's a very heavy puncher. Nice left, steady good left. He keeps his distance so that he can land his left. He did that the first round, second round. And then after that, right around the third round, uh, Mateus just came on. He cut off the ring. He started pressuring him. He cut off the distance to give him to let him unload his punch. He pretty much handicapped the guy and handicapped him and just started just unloading offensive on him. Just amazing. That fight ended in the sixth round with uh, Mateus winning the fight. Of course. The guy, uh, the other fighter, didn't come out of the corner. Said it's something with his leg, some bogus excuse there. But he didn't. Go, he didn't want to come out for any more of that ass whooping he was taking, guys. Um, but Subaru, like I said, this guy's in the 140. Um, Chris, uh, Chris Algier, if I'm correct, on Pro Box TV, threw out a name for Subaru Matias to fight, and it just, I was like, oh shit, immediately. I'm like, yes, that's who he needs to fight next. Arthur Bombosa definitely would be a hell of a fight. Great name for Chris to throw out there. Really, just that name, boom, man, I for, almost forgot about it because that's boxing. You don't see these guys every weekend. You're seeing them two, three times a year. So, you know, sometimes you'll forget about a guy who might get lost in a mix of just unbelievable talent in the 140 division. You know, Garcia, Ryan Garcia, Teofima Lopez, Haney, Regis Prograde. Uh, Matias now, Arthur Babosa. I'm sure I'm forgetting a guy or two in there that's pretty beastie. But just a loaded division. So it's hard, you know, sometimes to remember guys. So good name thrown out there by uh, Chris on Pro Box TV. Uh, and just just amazing, guys. Uh, great fights over the weekend. Great undercards. The outcomes were I, I took Cameron over Katie. I was wrong there. Of course, I took Benavidez over Andrade. I was correct there. But great undercards overall. I was wrong on it being Showtime's last event 
Their last event is supposedly December 12th with David Morrell, who's a great fighter. Don't know what the undercard. Can't remember who he's fighting. We'll get to that later on, maybe in another episode. But, uh, man, I don't want to keep you guys on here too long, guys. Uh, and I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of Bourbon and Boxing on my podcast, brother. And uh, thanks to anybody who's listening, man. Hit the like, subscribe on my YouTube page. Check me out there for live videos. Uh, also, check me out, out my Facebook group, Bourbon and Boxing, guys. Thank you for joining me once again, man. You guys have a great day.